Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. This is Casey Shepard sitting in for Ron Hayes today on the Rural Prosperity Podcast. Coming up, we're going to talk to Joey Carter and Jason Authors. They have a project called Hog Farmer, The Trials of Joey Carter, and you won't want to miss it. Coming up right after this. Checking in on the Beef Checkoff. Joining us today, Heather Buckmaster with the Oklahoma Beef Council. Heather, Build Your Base has arrived in Oklahoma. Absolutely. The Oklahoma Beef Council had the exciting opportunity to educate members of the Oklahoma State University football team about the benefits of beef in a healthy diet. Through the Build Your Base with Beef program, the student athletes learned the benefits of a high-quality protein and an active lifestyle. The program was developed in partnership between the South Dakota Beef Industry Council, Sanford Health, and Sanford Sports Science Institute. It is a game-changing nutrition tool for athletes that focus focuses on nutrition tips to maximize their athletic performance and showcases how nutrient-rich beef can be incorporated as part of their meal plan. Through the seminar, students learned how to use modular meal planning to make sure each meal contained maximum nutrition while also learning about the benefits of beef for providing optimal protein. OSU Sports Nutrition will continue to use the Build Your Base program with its students' athletes throughout the year, and we look forward to expanding the reach of this fantastic program in Oklahoma in the future. Thanks, Heather. You can learn more at buildyourbase.org. Visiting today with Joey Carter and his son, Matthew, there's a movie coming out here in the next uh, couple of months called Hog Farmers. Hog Farmer, The Trials of Joey Carter. Jason, author's also joining us today. How are you guys? Fine, thank you. Well, Joey, let's, Doing just great. Get, let's get started with you. Tell us first, I know that a lot of folks haven't had the opportunity to see the movie as it doesn't come out until October 14th, but kind of give us a timeline of events about what this movie is and what took place in your life. Well, it started in around 1420. I'm sorry. It started several years earlier than what actually it is now because it's been four years, October, since I, my hogs has been removed. But uh, it just started out. I mean, you know, uh, I got wind of meetings that's been taking place and about the hogs, you know, and then the next thing we were served papers to start with, and it went before our local uh, court and they throwed it out and said, you know, they couldn't sue the farmer. Well, then they changed gears, and later on, that's when the next lawsuit came out, and they sued Smithfield, or they sued Murphy Brown, and which is Smithfield, and then that's when everything got to going, and, and you know, then it took uh, a couple of years to get everything, the interviews and, and the prep they'd done on the farms, and uh, even we were given a date that we had to allow the, the, plaintiffs, uh, the plaintiffs' attorneys on our farm, so they came on the farm, and Long story short, we finally ended up in court, in federal court, which we thought still we had positive uh, outlook that it was going to be thrown out. But when we got there, we saw kind of the deck was stacked against us. And, you know, I was chosen to be the first case for Smithfield or Murphy Browns because I've never had a violation. I've been in the hog business over 30 years and never done anything wrong. And when I started, it went with 11 people, families around my farm and and I mean, we have complied with all the setbacks and everything. And so it was kind of uh, like pulled the rug out from under when we, we did walk into federal courtroom. And, you know, here we are. So it actually happened, you know. Well, tell us a little bit about your background. I know that you mentioned because uh, I watched I finished up the movie. I think you said you got your first loan to get your first hog barn in 1985. Is that right? It was early 80s, 84, 85, somewhere in there. I built one house. And uh, then I was lucky enough to next year, I built the second house. And uh, then a few years later, I built the third house on that farm. 
And then in 94, I went across the road. My father owned some land, cut over woods land. I cleared it, and I built my last four houses over there in 94. So, uh, but I did start in the early 80s with my first houses, you know, and had a good relationship with the neighbors there. And anytime I had to pump or whatever, I'd go meet them and say, hey, I'm pumping today. And uh, back then, I used reels. And later on, I changed over to airways and got where I didn't even, you know, I put it right in the ground. So I uh, had a good relationship with my neighbors. I thought never had a complaint from any of them or, or nothing. And of course, my background was I was in law enforcement. Then I started in law enforcement too in the early 80s. And I worked my way up through the town here when I retired in 2014. I was the chief of police and I was still sworn with the Duplin County Sheriff's Department today. So I had a background in that. And of course, you know, I'd always help my neighbors. They'd come to me and Whatever they needed, I helped. You know, I give money to help bury some of my neighbors. You know, uh, tried to help them with my equipment that needed a backhoe work or dirt. And you know, I still today done that since I've been all this movies come out. We've had two. I'm the fire chief also. I've been on the fire department here for 44 years. So since the early 90s, I've been or 90, I've been the fire chief. So my role is still, you know, first responders, and uh, I've been helping right on with that, answering calls, and in the last. In the last six, eight weeks, we've had two calls to some of the plaintiffs that sued me. So uh, I've been there in foul fire, you know, and with them uh, being the ones against me, you know. So uh, I hadn't dropped my head because I didn't do anything wrong. And I continued to do what I've always done. If I can help you, I'm going to help you. Well, I think what's extraordinary about your story is that you're just an ordinary farmer doing the right thing. You've literally tried to do the right thing by your by your hogs, by your customers, you know, by by the land. You've done everything the right way. So when people would come to you and say they're suing you, I had to I have to imagine you were like, for for what? Yeah, because <laughs> it just we doesn't really make any sense. And you had worked. I mean, you mentioned these are folks that that have been around your farm for 20 years. Nobody ever said anything. Nobody ever complained about anything. So what do you think that, you know, that really it's divided your community, obviously, um, because your hog houses and everything were there. But, you know, the, the farmers consistently battle things like weather and prices. And now it looks like we're going to have to battle lawsuits. That's right. Well. I just never, never saw it coming. And when it did, like I said, I was in a state of denial right on that till we went to Raleigh in federal court. I said, this just, it's a, it's a nightmare. You know, it's not going to, there's no way, you know, when we produce an animal, whether it be hogs, chicken, turkeys, cow, there's no way people's got to understand where their meat comes from, you know? And oh, uh, older farmer told me years ago, he said, son, before you eat it, somebody's going to smell it. And he's right. I mean, you know, there's odor associated with it, but we do everything. And when I started 30 some years ago, it's nothing like it was back then with our technology and things we do. And I'd always been a guinea pig and let companies come in there and try to do some research and things to help with odor or waste or whatever. And I think North Carolina's got the best system there is, the open lagoon like we've got. It's the best system there is. So I was just I was totally blindsided by all of it, you know. Do you think the the folks testifying against you realized they were talking about you, or do you think it was just portrayed to them as it was just a whole bunch of of, of big giant farms they were going after? Well, I think it, they were coached. It's obvious they were coached, and they don't. In a lot of ways, they're victims too because they were told, "Hey, you need to say this." Because I know some people, friends of mine, that was in their early meetings. And they said, look, we need you to sign this paper. Them hog houses stink. The odor's bad. The flies are bad. And trucks, right? They said, no, we don't have a problem with it. 
Oh, but yes, you do. And we can get you some money. Now, this was people that come right out of the first meetings that they had in the area. And they said, we were coached to say, you sign this and we're going to get you some money. But they said, no, we don't have a problem with it. And several of them testified for us. But I think, as me and you were talking earlier, the whole bottom line was the money. You shake money in front of somebody's face, and a lot of times you can get them to say whatever you want them to. And I really think that they were coached and told what to say. And they're victims in a lot of ways, and they had no clue because they told me. You know, they told on the stand, you know, we have no problem with Joey Carter. He's a hardworking man. We don't want him to lose his hogs. So, but they were portrayed, uh, used to portray the story that, you know, they're minorities and, you know, I'm a police officer that kept throwing that up and we just put them right where we wanted to and nobody could do nothing about it. But they never talked about, you know, that we complied with everything that we were supposed to. So they were used in a lot of ways. And I think now uh, some of them I've seen and they kind of turn away from me. And I think it's because they're kind of embarrassed, you know, what, what's happening and, and, and the money that's, that's been paid to them. That's the kind of way I feel now. Well, I would imagine your community's pretty divided over this. Yes. Oh, they are. They are. They are. And, it's really, it really did divide, divide us. It really did. Well, how do you, I mean, do you continue to still live in that area? Yes, ma'am. I go to my, I'm on the farm every day. I mean, in my mind, I ain't done anything wrong. Why should I drop my head? You know, and I tell people all the time, I said, look, you know, they done what they done for whatever reason, but they're the ones who got the answer for that. I don't have the answer for what they've done. I've got the answer for what I've done and I hadn't done anything. So I'm not going to drop my head, you know, because I'm, I'm not ashamed. I, I've done everything right by the rules and, and played by the rules. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to stoop to the level, you know, and I tell people too, I said, if I want an excuse to, to be an alcoholic or something, I read and I've got it, but I'm not going to stoop that low. I'm a better man than that, you know. Absolutely. You've been somehow still so positive throughout this whole situation. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it'll eat you alive if you're letting it. So you can't, you just can't, you can't go there. I mean, there's some days I get a little frustrated. Or I look and now with all the money, I see the new cars in the neighborhood. I see new homes over there, cement driveways. And, you know, that kind of bothers me a little bit. But there again, you know, if they can live with it, that's on them. It ain't on me. But I, I think they're wrong. But but there again, they've got the answer to the man upstairs. I, I don't have an answer for what they've done. Well, let's go back just a little bit. And so the trial obviously didn't go in your favor. So what happened after that? Well, I mean, you know, me and my wife sat there in court. It took five weeks on the first trial. And they had grouped mine in three trials. So we stayed there five weeks on the first trial. And we sat there for the jury. And, of course, the juries, you know, didn't they were locked. And finally, the judge keeps sending them back. But I mean, when the verdict come out, it was just, it was overwhelming. I mean, there's no way this could happen. And, and then, you know, we, then we set out a trial or two for the other trials, and then we come back for our second trial. And there again, it took five weeks for that. But I'm going to be honest with you. After the first two weeks with the Texas lawyer in there, the jury had already made their mind up. It was over with. You know, they go first, and then we were able to come behind them. But it was over with. They had already convinced them that, we were monsters. We were bad people. And if the jury didn't find uh, Murphy Brown's guilty, we were going to kill everybody in the world. That was kind of the impression I got from it. So we were painted as villains and they just, uh, the jury bought it because the jury, if there was anybody knew a farmer or had any contact with a farmer, the judge would not allow them to sit on the, on the stand on the, in the jury box. And, you know, we're always told you're going to be tried by a jury of your peers, but this did not happen. Justice was not told. 
in Raleigh in, in the courtrooms. It was not it was not fair, but there's nothing we can do about it. But um, the jury was picked, handpicked by the judge. We had no say in that or nothing. So uh, the date was just stacked against us too much. We'll be back with more from Joey Carter, Hog Farmer. The trial's coming up right after this. Your hometown isn't just where you're from. It's the stuff you're made of. The 3 a.m. alarm clock, warming the truck up before sunup, lifting that last bale when your legs can barely lift you. Paycom salutes that hometown spirit, and they empower local businesses in Oklahoma. Paycom's mobile app lets you do HR and payroll on the go. It handles the things that matter to your business so you can invest more in the things that matter to you. Learn more at paycom.com. What do you think some of the biggest misconceptions about hog farming came out of this video? I think it was the images they were showing. You know, they, they, the, a lot of the uh, footage they had was not even my farm. I mean, there's different style of barns, you know, the hogs are raised in. And, and my barns are just the, I rate some of the most up-to-date there is. They're standing on slats. It's got uh, fan, fans for summertime, that thermostatic control. You know, we've got curtains that open and close according to temperatures automatic feeders. I mean, the barns are washed. The hogs are never in real contact with their waste other than when it falls through the crack, you know. But I think the, the portrayal in court was one thing, and that's what I want to just stand up a lot of times and say, hey, that's not true. Why don't you come to my farm and let me show you? And, of course, we asked the judge for that, but the judge wouldn't allow that. You know, Murphy Brown said, we'll prepare the jury. We'll bust the jury out there. We'll pay for everything so they can get firsthand knowledge of what it is but the judge denied that so we never got a chance to show them what it is in the real world how we raise hogs and what we do to take care of them and how we uh, apply the nutrients you know because we use the, the waste to fertilizer our crops and stuff like that but we never got the chance to tell our story what do you think other ag producers can learn from this situation well i think the biggest thing and i, I mentioned to you earlier i think uh some sort of more educating the, the, your neighbors. And of course, now understand a lot of us, just like me, I was in an area in, in outside in the, in the county, 11 houses within 1,500 foot of me. And, you know, but since then, there's hundreds of houses that's come in around me. So to a degree, we're at a disadvantage when we own the land and then all of a sudden a housing development pops right up there next door to you. And, you know, a lot of these people moving down our way is from north and up that way. And they're coming down here and they've never been around poultry or, you know, hogs. And, and they don't they don't understand. And uh, that's one area. I don't know how we can fix that or or do a better education of the people, you know, because some people, they just really believe, you know, I, when I'm hungry, I go to the grocery store and that's where my food comes from. They don't understand how it is, you know, with the with the whole production side of it. Well, I know some positive things have, have come out of this. You, you've got the right to farm bill in North Carolina. So tell us a little bit if there's been some other positives that we can look at going forward. Well, the right to farm law did come at a good time, but it was too late for some of us. Our cases were already filed, so we kind of fell through the cracks. So we didn't get that opportunity. But now, I mean, they have tightened up the laws a whole lot better than what we had. So now you've got to show property value loss and different things like that. So I think it's going to help. But like I say, we were to I tell people I was the poster child. You know, we were used to start with and they used us. And of course, there was a settlement made. But now from this point forward, I think it's going to be better for other producers, you know. So there's some positive things come out. There's a few more 
areas probably need to work on, which we hopefully that'll happen pretty soon too. Yeah, because we're not just talking about hog producers. This is this is going to affect all agricultural producers across all the states. It's going to be kind of hard to come back from that. Now, I was going to ask you earlier. So I know that you said hogs haven't been in your barn for four years. So so what is the latest update on Joey Carter? What what are you doing? Well, like I say, we've increased our cow herd. Me and my son, Matthew, we've increased it and more or less doubled our herd. So, uh, and we grow our own hay. So we're, you know, doing hay. I'm a licensed contractor, have been for 30 some years. So I do some building and some remodeling and additions. And uh, of course, like I told you earlier, I'm on the fire department. So it's a volunteer, but, but uh, you know, I stay busy all the time and, uh, I'm getting today's now. I want to slow down a little bit, but I can't set it at the house. So I've got to continually do something to keep myself busy. But we got enough of things to do right now. So we're just increasing areas that we can to help build that void in the income we've lost, you know. You think you'll ever get back into the hog business again? No, I, I, I know on my farms it's over with and I'm 65 years old. So it'd be kind of hard to start now all over again. And, and with, you know, you can't build hog houses. I'd had to buy some existing farms and, uh, you know, they put me out of business and I've accepted that fact. Uh, I'm taking down some of the houses because with property values, I still got to pay county tax. So we've been kind of taking some of them down, but we're trying to retrofit a couple of houses now, maybe if we can to run some cows or calves in them. So we're keeping our head up and we're going to, we're going to survive. We'll be fine. You know? Well, that's one of the most blessed things about agricultural producers. They're always the eternal optimist. That's right. That's right. Well, I that's know the exactly movie is right. not out just yet, but it's coming out on October the 14th. So tell folks like where they can watch it or when they can watch it. It's going to be released on Amazon, right, Matthew? Yeah. Yeah, let Jason, Jason can tell you about that. Maybe let him talk about that. Yeah, so we're, the film will be available on Amazon. Yeah, we're going to put it out on October 14th. Um, for now, we do have a trailer that's on YouTube. Um, if you just search um, Hog Farmer trailer, The Trials of Joey Carter, it'll come up. And that can kind of give you a sense of kind of how the, the movie was shot and and the story arc but yeah it'll be available and we're just excited to to put it out there in the world finally jason also talk a little bit about the social media aspect because i know you guys have some pages um, that folks can go to kind of get a glimpse as to what we're talking about here today yes we do there's a facebook page and i think we have an instagram too um but the facebook page and also our um Our website is hogfarmerfilm.com, and that has a link to all the social media. Um, And that also has um, days where all the screenings will be happening. We're going to do quite a few community screenings. We're starting in North Carolina and hopefully going to branch out to other states, um, you know, as we start to get a little more traction. um, Because there's just a lot of interest in this film um, in the farming world, but, you know, also this is an issue that I think affects everyone. Um, so I think we're going to have a lot of interest, um, in the film as we start doing more and more screenings. Also talk a little bit about why this was so important for you to do, Jason. Yeah. Um, you know, as a documentary filmmaker, I think first and foremost, I'm always interested in a good story. Um, and, and good characters. And I met Joey and it seemed like, um, a great story with a with a great character, and like I said, I, I wish the story had a different ending. Um, but you know, we don't we don't get to pick the ending. 
Um, so I think the reason that this meant a lot to me is because over the past five or six years, I've done a lot of work with farmers and I personally have started to understand how hard their job is and how much sacrifice is made on a daily basis by farmers so that I can effortlessly go to the store and get literally whatever I want and pay a small price for it. Um, and I think that one of the things I wanted this film to do was shine a light um, into an area that most people just don't see. So in the film, we follow the lawsuit, but we also kind of tell the backstory of how this type of farming was developed um, why it's done this way, um, how it's supposed to work, how it works on a daily basis. Um, just because I think people don't really understand necessarily how hog farming works and, and realize how closely interwoven it is with literally every other type of farming that happens in our state. Um, so it, it's very interesting to me. And it's something that I feel like many people didn't know about and so when you combine those two things, I mean, I feel like we could have made a six hour long movie. So the fact that we have an hour and 45 minute long movie, I, I really don't think you can watch this movie and blink or you'll miss something. There's just a lot crammed in it, you know, both Joey's and Matthew's story, but also the story of the industry is in this film, too. Um, so that that was just really interesting to me and and challenging also. Yeah, because I think the world in general forgets that 2% of farmers feed 98% of the world. And I think it's a really important job that you're doing helping tell the ag producer's story. Sure. And yeah, that fact is something that, I mean, and I've even heard 1%. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think that I want, I thought that if I made this film, an outsider, someone that has a history in journalism and documentary filmmaking, you know, if I made this film, maybe I could reach more people in a way that it wouldn't be made if maybe like someone within the industry made it, um, that I could come at this film and ask those hard questions, build the trust um, with Joey and Matthew and Tina to get those questions answered. And I literally lived on their farm for a week um, in my camper in an effort to try to get to know how their farm works, um, just because I knew that if I could learn, maybe I could help tell other people, you know, that is the skill set I have is, is communicating these kind of complicated things with people in a way that they would find it interesting or valuable. Um, so, yeah, I do think it's important. And we've talked about this a lot with Joey. I mean, farmers are now being asked to tell their stories a lot more. Um, and I've interviewed a lot of farmers over the years and families of farmers. And, and I'm trying to help them get their voice because I feel like the more farmers can advocate for themselves as if they need something else on their plate to worry about. Sure. Um, but but the more they can advocate for themselves and the more I can help them, you know, just the more the, the divide between the people that eat the food and the people that grow the food could probably be slimmed down. I was, I was sitting at a bar in Raleigh, North Carolina, where I am headquartered. Uh, I was sitting at the bar one day and, and a guy sat next to me with his wife and I could kind of tell they weren't like hip downtown folks. And I just started talking to the man and uh, he was a farmer. And I started talking to him about farming and we looked very different, uh, but he was impressed that I knew so much about farming and how things worked. 
And I think it was genuinely a moment for him of like, wow, he came to the city to go to the um, like an ag show and ended up sitting at the bar next to someone that could speak his language, knew his struggles. And I think it was a good moment for him. And that's just one example. But I would love for people to watch this movie and then have a conversation with the farmer. <laughs> that's Absolutely. The goal, right? I think that's that's one of the most important takeaways. Well, the, sh- the the movie is called Hog Farmer, The Trials of Joey Carter. And once again, you said Hog Farm Film on Facebook and .com to see it. But it comes out October the 14th. So I just want to tell both of you, thank you so much for being brave enough to do this and putting your story out there. Because like you guys, I wanted a different ending as well. But I think you've paved the way for other ag producers uh, to help them going forward. So thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and oklahomafarmreport.com. 